This is an RNZ podcast. Looking back at that, were you surprised the old girl got up the steps? No, not at all. I spent a lifetime. In fact, I'm sitting in a tractor as we speak. Um, spent a lifetime driving those things when I was, you know, prior to Parliament. And uh, driving on the steps of Parliament was driving on a flat paddock to me. But yeah. there you go. And there you go. That was Waikato farmer Shane Ardern on the Rural Exchange radio show recently, talking to the host Richard Lowe, a fellow farmer better known as an all-black prop in years gone by. And in years gone by, Shane Ardern was notorious as the MP who drove an ancient tractor named Myrtle right up the steps of Parliament to protest against the so-called fart tax on farming. Well, a lot has changed since then. Shane Ardern is no longer the most famous Ardern in New Zealand politics or even in Morrinsville. His distant cousin Jacinda is now, and emissions from our national herds into the atmosphere have risen sharply over the past 20 years without financial penalty for farmers. So it wasn't good news for them last Tuesday when Stuff broke the news of the imminent release of the national plan to start charging farmers for emissions from 2025. Stuff got an early look at the documents on levying farmers, which would make New Zealand the first country in the world with emissions pricing over all sectors and all gases. And in his analysis that day, Stuff's political editor Luke Malpass said this was a national issue, not just a rural one. New Zealand Inc. is building its branding around being a country and primary producer with high sustainability values, which means there could be a first-mover advantage in the global marketplace. But the scheme's costs were way too much for many farmers and their supporters to back, and the scope wasn't wide enough for many environmentalists. News Hub's website put it like this. Federated Farmers claims the government's plan will rip the guts out of small-town New Zealand, but Greenpeace says it doesn't go far enough. As if Greenpeace had demanded the lungs, heart and spleen as well. Stuff's political editor Luke Malpass said that the government's final call on this wouldn't make everybody happy, but... The Haywaka Ekonoa process has clearly been a mostly positive one, and has constructively brought the sector in to help determine its own future. It's been a long road, travelled over two decades, and now appears to be landing in a place broadly acceptable to most reasonable players. But those were not always the ones we were hearing from in the media coverage, as we'll hear. Stuff's climate editor Eloise Gibson reminded readers that agriculture accounts for around half of New Zealand's official greenhouse gas emissions, and she pointed out that this new scheme actually blended the farming industry's own proposals with some from the Climate Change Commission and a few tweaks of the government's own. And News Hub at 6 that night introduced the story this way. It's taken 20 years, but the government has finally announced its plan to make farmers pay for agricultural emissions. And it's broadly what the farmers called for. From 2025, farms will pay for both methane, that's cow's burps, and nitrous oxide from fertilisers. But there's a few key differences from what the sector wanted and what it got. Meanwhile, on TBNZ's One News at Six at the same time, political reporter Benedict Collins also stressed that the farming groups had input into Hewaka Ekenoa. So it effectively, effectively allowed farmers you know, to design a lot of the scheme that the government sort of rubber stamped today. And while, you know, there were farmers unhappy with this, what we're kind of seeing today is sort of, you know, people disputing the detail. And while politics and lobbying had kept agriculture out of the emissions trading scheme for years, Benedict Collins said there was now political consensus. But there's not a huge political dispute here anymore. So while today's announcement might have been a bit messy and there's clearly work to do to help the sheep and beef farmers here, I think today you'd describe it as progress. And at 6pm over on News Talk ZB, the news also stressed that the agricultural industry had input into the plan. 
Today's government announcement adopted many recommendations from the industry-led Hewaka Eke Noa report. But after that bulletin, it was only discontent on ZB's drive show. The host, Heather Duplessy-Allen, made her opinion clear. The government has released its plans for how to force farmers to pay for emissions by 2025 under Hewaka Ekenua. Federated Farmers doesn't support it. And it's true that Federated Farmers wasn't backing the new plan. But if farmers will be forced to pay, in Heather Duplessy-Allen's words, from 2025... The choice of farm gate pricing came from farmers' demands for a system that didn't penalise farmers already doing climate-friendly things. And for a view on all this, Heather Duplessy-Allen turned to one of farming's most ardent government critics, North Otago farmer Jane Smith. Um, Heather, you couldn't script a movie this bad if you tried, could you? I mean, to tax the most carbon-efficient farmers in the world and, uh, and end up with increased global emissions. It really is nonsensical at best. You know, the government, Hawaka Ikenoa, and our farm industry leaders and even the Climate Change Commission have become obsessed with pricing methane at the expense of reducing it. And let us be clear, this should have been an emissions reduction scheme, not an emissions pricing scheme. But what was announced on Tuesday is, in part, a reduction scheme, including $380 million of taxpayers' money to get new emissions-reducing tools, technology and practices to farmers, as well as a new research and development centre and the funding of a joint venture with big companies like Ansco, Fonterra, Naitahu Holdings, Ravensdown Fertiliser, Silverfern Farms and Sinlate. The government is also spending $55 million on an on-farm support service to help farmers and growers understand environmental requirements and reporting. And in spite of 20 years of rising emissions and strong resistance to agriculture in the emissions trading scheme, Jane Smith insisted that it was farmers and not the government who had the emissions reduction solutions. We want something that's admin light, innovation heavy, and, and giving farmers and the markets the ability to to meet those targets in the best way possible, not just blatant land use through a blatant um, uh, tax, an indiscriminate tax that will increase global emissions. And, you know, the public, we owe this to the public, we owe this to future generations of farmers. And Jane Smith's claims went not just unchallenged by Heather Duplessy-Allen, in fact, they were actually endorsed by her. Jane, it sounds like you should be running the show by the sounds of things. And next up on the show was the host of NZME's daily rural radio show, The Country, Jamie Mackay, who's also a huge fan of Jane Smith. I use her regularly on my show. She's a bit of a firecracker. I call mm. her the poster girl for uh, Groundswell, and I'm sure she's made some points. She certainly did. And in addition to backing the Groundswell protest movement on Jamie Mackay's show, Jane Smith has also in the past complained on the show about what she calls the continual appeasement of government by agriculture industry bodies. Now, when groundswell was starting to swell in 2019, Jane Smith appeared on the country to declare a political stupidity emergency and back up Jamie McKay's own claim of a political crusade against farming. On the ZB Drive show last Tuesday, Jamie McKay went on to tell listeners too much damage to New Zealand agriculture would be caused by the government's new emissions reduction plan. And anyway, he said, the world just wouldn't care if New Zealand met its emissions target or not. How are we going to make a buck? As a nation, how are we going to pay our way in the world? Totally, totally could not agree more. I mean, it's a decision. Do you want your kids to go to primary school or do you want to be cool with the planet and world leading on this thing? Because it's one or the other here. Can't afford both. Well, so far, primary industries paying for emissions, bringing about the end of primary schools, is a scenario only being modelled in Heather Duplessy-Allen's head. Jamie Mackay went on to tell Heather Duplessy-Allen last Tuesday he couldn't agree more with another regular commentator on his show. You know, as Jim Hopkins says on my show, how poor does New Zealand want to be? 
But Jim Hopkins is not an agriculture expert or an economist. He's a 76-year-old former broadcaster, columnist and comedian, freshly re-elected as a Waitaki regional councillor. And even before the emissions charging details were out this week, he condemned the idea on the country last week like this. The stupid, insane madness peddled by people like Russell, what's his name, Russell Norman and co., who, who actually pay young people to try and solicit money from uh, members of the public outside supermarkets, you know, by signing up for Greenpeace. They are just obsessed, as is the Green Party. There was plenty more in that same interview about the inevitable impoverishment that they reckoned emissions charging would bring. But other things were upsetting Jim Hopkins too. For example, the rest of the media. They're too busy being woke to wake up. Seriously. Have you noticed, when, when did New Zealand change its name? We've become Aotearoa. Did all the journalists get together and decide it was up to them to change the name, even though the large majority of people don't want it? Seriously, guys, you, are, you the fourth estate, are a threat to democracy because you're not covering this properly. Now, as we've heard, ZB's hosts and guests on Tuesday couldn't agree more with each other that farming shouldn't have to account for its emissions and that this country will never be held to account for it if they don't. Stances that are, at best, contestable, but not contested at all on News Talk ZB. Now, as we've heard, they reckon that if New Zealand's production falls, other countries with larger carbon footprints would fill the gap and that would push up global emissions. And that is one scenario described in the Hewaka Ekenoa workings. But the claim that New Zealand's farmers are the most emissions efficient in the world was never backed up. Now, the same claim was stated by other commentators a lot in the coverage this past week and taken at face value. But a closer look at that too in the context of this debate would help. The most often quoted evidence is a report last year by AgResearch, which was commissioned by the lobby group Dairy NZ. It concluded that dairy milk production had a lower carbon footprint than 17 other countries studied, and far lower than most of them. But in the fine print, the report actually noted there wasn't much in it between us and Uruguay, Portugal, Denmark, Sweden and Canada, and that country-specific emissions measurement factors used by New Zealand might give New Zealand an advantage, one which could vanish once other countries fine-tuned theirs. And at the time, ag-research scientist Andre Mazzetto told Rural News this. There is still potential to improve and achieve lower emissions, as other countries also advance their dairy sectors. Now, one of those countries is the Netherlands, which in July ordered a cut in nitrogen emissions by 2030. That will cost 40 billion New Zealand dollars and mean big cuts there in livestock and thousands of farms will have to close. And the Netherlands will certainly notice if New Zealand doesn't reduce emissions as well. In this week's Farmers Weekly, the editor Brian Gibson made this point in his editorial. We need to talk about our future with clear eyes. Because if we don't, those other conversations, the ones exporters have in places like London, Berlin and Shanghai, will get much, much more difficult. But the possibility of New Zealand being overtaken by countries actively shrinking their carbon footprint, and not just in dairy, wasn't canvassed at all by Heather Duplessis-Elland and her guests while they were agreeing with each other that the charging scheme announced this week, 20 years in the making, was no good. Indeed, last Tuesday, Heather Duplessis-Elland said she'd actually campaign against the plan. You go ahead with this, I guarantee you generations are going to leave this country because it's just going to become one of those places that... It's got no money, no point living here, eh? Um, but we're not going to let it happen, we're going to fight for it. Anyway, Cam Bagri's going to be with us very shortly. News Talk ZB. Half a day later, on Wednesday morning, there was no sign of that political consensus we heard about earlier when National Party leader Christopher Luxon told Morning Report's Kim Hill that the government's plan was utterly unacceptable. 
Yeah, we want the industry to be able to develop its own solution. It had one. Uh, it needs to go off. And so given that we greenhouse gas emissions are an international problem and an existential problem, you would allow the industry to call the shots? Yes, I trust farmers. I understand that they get this issue. They are synthesising economics with sustainability. Yeah, but they're not scientists. Neither are they leaders of a country. And just as farmers and politicians aren't scientists, well, neither are talkback hosts or the guests with whom they couldn't agree more. And in his Dawn Chorus podcast on Wednesday, Bernard Hickey said our farmers and politicians are in a sense working through the five stages of political grief towards inevitable cuts in herds and emissions. We need to have less of the anger and denial, less of the bargaining, and a lot more of the acceptance a lot faster. And we're not there. And this process in our political economy, which already has taken at least 20 years and we haven't really started. According to Bernard Hickey, it's a matter of the physics and chemistry of our planet moving much faster than politics and our biggest business and some sections of the media he could have added.